1: Right, welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott, and man, I am super, super excited today. We got, you know, the myth, the legend, the cold calling expert. <laughs> uh, you know, man, you've done over five hundred transactions and over four hundred million deals dollars in, in deals in, in the last, you know, a few years. I'm guessing.
2: 13, 14 years. I mean, but who, who, who's counting anymore these days, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Mr. Elijah Rubin.
2: How you doing, brother? Hey, salute to you, Brandon. I'm doing good. Doing good. I appreciate good the
1: opportunity, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. in with all your people here. Of course, man. I, I appreciate you coming out and you know taking out some of your time out of your day to to knock this out and give back some value. I think it's awesome, man. So you you uh, have a couple niches yourself, but before we get into those. I do want to, you know, any new listeners out there, if you wouldn't mind kind of explaining a little bit more detail who you are, where you come from, what kind of, you know, what do you do?
2: Sure, sure. Um, Like you said, um, my name is Elijah I. Rubin. I'm your guy, Elijah I. No, no, honestly, I'm 50% Jewish. I'm 50% Trinidadian, 100% entrepreneur, 100% a real estate investor, you know. Um, I was always good at closing. I've been doing sales since I was like 13, 14 years old. And now fast forward, I'm 34 years old now. So I have over 20 years of just real life experiences. I probably got hung up on uh, probably over 10,000 times. I made over a hundred thousand phone calls, knocked on over a thousand doors, over 13 years of real estate experiences. And I learned a lot more from my losses and my setbacks than any of my wins. And, um, over the course of time, I just really learned that, um, yes, doing deals are important, but helping others along the journey, impacting others, helping other people, um, basically send, a, send an elevator down. When you reach a certain level, send the elevator down for the next person. So I'm really big on just uh, providing value, adding back value, and just really kind of sure people and let people know that I'm no superpower. I'm no superhuman. but I could do it, they could do it, and making it very tangible and easy to be done.
1: Of course, man. Yeah, I love that. I love, I love where your heart's at, you know, constantly trying to give back and, uh, you know, improve other people's situations. That's awesome, man. So let's talk about some deals. Yeah. You know, what do you, you – so you, your main focus is wholesaling, correct?
2: Yeah, so mainly um, – I mean, literally over 13 years, I've done a lot of it. I mean, I've done wholesaling. I've done door knocking, probate. I've done short sales, loan mods, raise capital. I mean, I've done a lot of different things. You've done it all and, from- um, the- Jordan, the primary function of my business at this day is, um, so I, may, I mainly, basically my rule of thumb, I wholesale about 85% of my deals, I flip 10% of them and keep the other 5%, you know, and so, and, I, and that, that bio is a little outdated, so by now, like 13 years now, like, we're close to about 750 uh, deals completed over 250 million dollars worth of transaction. I did not make 250 million. I do not. Know any of your viewers asking for a loan. All right, <laughs> all right. This is a say, but I have not made that type of funds. However, I, I've created that economy around me. I have impact. I've seen investors do very well. I've been able to do very well and help other people too. Uh, I've really focused a lot on my father's a probate attorney, so I do probate deals. I do a lot of city violation, um, and then one of my main niches that a lot of very few people could do. Um, I specialize in fire damage investments. And okay. so those like the main three, when it comes to the single family world, I do that. I kind of go out and use the same type of structure. My rule of thumb, if people run from it, I like to run towards it. I you love it. because well, it's easy that everybody's in, in the lane. I don't need a bunch of people clogging up the lane, like, like LA rush hour traffic. Yeah. You know, that, that, um, Nebraska, 3 a.m., nobody's in my lane. All, I mean... To myself, that's what I want those type of feelings. So, seg- I'm seg- I'm segueing doing the more commercial deals there, doing more land developments, doing some other um, apartment complex plays. I mean, I buy urgency and free and clear. I don't really buy houses and properties. I buy urgency and free and clear. Those are like my favorite words, and more I could do of that, the better I'm going to be able to create wealth for myself, for
1: my family, and for my loved ones around me. Yeah. Man, I love that. So you're definitely targeting, you know, motivated sellers. And I do want to talk about fire damage for a second, because that is something that, just like you said, you know, people typically run away from. Um, So I do want to hear about that. But when it comes down to, so you're located in uh, Phoenix, Arizona?
2: Yes, sir. Phoenix, Arizona.
1: Okay. Now, um, I'm guessing that you have well connections when it comes down to like city officials and just knowing the right people um you know with the the amount of work that you've done over there.
2: Yeah. So I got a couple of people who work for the city. I've had some good relationships with um a lot of uh the various people in the industry. Um so it's just a real big I mean as you know real estate is a it's a relationship business and the more people you know the more the more people you know, more knowledge you know, the more your pockets tend to grow.
1: That's right. I love that. <laughs> yeah i I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, so uh, let's talk about some fire damage. Okay. What I saw in in your bio, I believe, there's uh, three different ways to to go about fire damage.
2: Yeah, so the reason why fire damage is such an exclusive and and uh, ultra-profitable niche is a a lot of people just kind of overlook them. It's very intimidating. You don't yep. know, you got charred building, you got smoke damage throughout, you don't know what the repairs cost, you don't know how to get of occupancies, you don't know um, how to even approach the seller. Uh, and so there's a lot of different variables that really don't present itself in your traditional real estate or wholesale deal. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to the real estate side, I mean, to the fire damage real estate side of it, um, well, there's three different ways, there's three different pieces which you can generate three different checks so, so I hope in the homeowner and be really be that, um, David versus Goliath, be that, you know, that, 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 citizen's champ, be able to help the dog win. Cause you have to realize insurance companies, they're too big to fail. Most of the insurance companies are too big to fail. All right. So it's usually never the dollar amount that matters to insurance company. so uh, Cause they always can get more checks from the federal reserve. However, it's a matter of how long that claim has stayed open. And a lot of that claim stays open. That insurance rating could get downgraded over the course of time. Yeah. So, in a traditional setting, a house might be worth a Mr. Smith house might be worth a hundred thousand. Okay, a Mr. Smith house is worth a hundred thousand. Fire happens. Well, they're going to come out and say, Mr. Smith, uh, um, yeah, your house is worth a hundred thousand. We're going to give you eighty thousand. And now that $80,000, we are going to take that $80,000 check, we're going to break it up in two checks. So you get your first check, drop about 80% of whatever that, that policy payout amount is. It's about $60,000 in this scenario. And you're going to keep that second check, which is called your depreciation. That second check of depreciation is about $20,000. And they keep that second check of depreciation so that you only get that paid out on that if you repair it, you rebuild it, you buy your contractor receipts. You able to um, call them and they come out and verify all the repairs are done. Once all the repairs are done, then they go ahead and give you your check that has been finalized. Okay. Well, thirty five percent of most homeowners don't rebuild. Yes, yeah. I mean you have to realize it. I mean it's a tough experience The average homeowner. We ask a question.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, you have to do the work and then show the receipt to be able to get that compensated, or are, are some of these homeowners actually getting a check up front to redo the work and then they're just running off with the check and then not, you know, delaying the maintenance?
2: Very good question. And and so there's those are two separate checks. So you have your first check where you get eighty percent, they give that to you up front. Okay, okay. So you can rebuild, you can start rebuilding if you want to, you can go and blow it, you don't have to do anything, it's your check. Yeah. Then you had a second check of that depreciation check. They only pay that to you if you rebuild it. Gotcha. Okay. They know they know most homeowners aren't going to rebuild it, and so if they don't have to pay it out. What's that? That keeps more profit on the cut for for the shareholders. Yeah. For, of the fiduciary responsibility is not to you, the policyholder, it's to the shareholders who pay who's raising the capital for that insurance company. Of course. So, so so back to the scenario. So Mr. Smith has to choose. He has a two checks: on eighty thousand and twenty thousand, total eighty thousand. So you take that. So you have to realize most of these people are shell shocked. They're in a tough situation. They are not know what's going on. So they are going to be living in a hotel or in some temporary housing of some sort. So their number you have to realize they just want the life to go back to normalcy.
0: Yeah. We're,
2: we're real estate investors. We get it. We get it. We understand the, the game. Well, a lot of these people are teachers, doctors, homeowners, homemakers. You know, they're not. They don't know contractors or how to get a hold of it. They got work tomorrow. <laughs> right, so they, so they, the, the pressure, the stress, the world stress, the stuff like, oh, your house come fire, okay, we'll hold off on bills for a couple of weeks for you. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So I'm able to approach them and say, hey, Mr. Smith, well, not only can I buy your house for cash so you don't have to rebuild it, you don't have to worry about paying it because these people are going to put fences around your, your building. Yep. Why would those fences go around the building? They're spending your insurance money. You just don't realize it usually. So your money's already being spent for you don't realize it. The board up companies are going to come and board up the windows. Somebody has to pay for that. They're not doing that on the house. Yeah. So that's all being spent and homeowners don't realize it. And if they don't do it, then they'll have to do it. And if they don't do it, then the city's going serve out give city violations. So that all gets boarded up. I'm able to approach them, Smith, let me buy the house. And so Mr. Smith, not only can I help you find a new house, that's one potential check I could generate. I'm gonna buy your current house so I can either fix it, flip it, wholesale it, rent it. Then this is where the secret sauce starts coming in. That first check they got, that 80 that first check of 80%. Yeah, I'm gonna bring my my private uh um, my private fiduciary uh negotiator with me, and he's going to negotiate as a citizen advocate with the insurance company, say, hold on a second. 80% of the time insurance companies only give you 80% of the money that's owed to you. Yeah. But because you've been paying them month after month, year after year, you just feel like they're your parents. They said go to timeout. You don't ask, you just go to timeout. Well that's not the way it works. It's a contract. They have to obligate the terms of the contract. So he's gonna look at your he's gonna look at what's called your declaration pages. You're be able to see what your insurance policy limits are. You have code upgrades, you have living expenses, are there other are content coverage? There's a lot of different coverages you're able to verify. Then he's going to do this thing called an exact The insurance company has an exact and that tells them exactly what they're deeming as damage, how much they uh, basically allocate for that repairs, and how much do they justify paying you out. Once we're able to see that versus what the coverage is versus what he sees, he's able to quickly see that you're underpaying the client. So he's going to go to him and say, hey, yes, State Farm, I understand you want to pay the client out 80000 However, if you look at your appraisal, the appraisal might be a $110,000 value. However, the cost of build approach, the cost of build approach might be 150,000. Mm. And most homeowners, they don't even know how to look for the appraisal value, let alone cost of build approach or how does that play into the negotiation. Yeah. They don't even know any of that stuff. So. Of course. So, so you're able to say like, hey, my, my public investor is gonna say, hold on a second. You owe my client, um, your, not 80,000, you owe him another 60,000. And okay. so we put out the $60,000. And if you don't pay us the $60,000, this is how we justify it. Here's the averages. This is what you shorted them. This is what the average is. This is how we come to our cost. If you don't uh, go ahead and pay them out on this, we're going to litigate this. And mm-hmm. remember what like you said? Only one of five family members even uses a, a claim adjuster. Yes. So they're like, they'd rather just pay it out and make it up on other poor suckers who aren't even going to question them. So that extra $60,000 that gets paid out. So they keep 100% of the first check. So they already made $60,000 on the first check. We're going to go ahead and get him an additional 60000 Well, my claim adjuster, he keeps 50% of any money he finds. Any money he finds, he keeps 50% of it. They get 50% more money than they didn't think was coming to him to begin with. And I keep 50% of what he captures. Okay, so, And so, so the client is able to make an extra $30,000. We're able to split 15000 a piece. Win-win. Now, yeah. Another check involved. Remember we talked about that depreciation check, that second check. Yep. Yeah. Well, if they sold the house and they're really not going to do anything with that uh, with that depreciation check, so they're going to usually walk away from that. Well, just walk away from money is pretty anti-Semitic to me. All right. So, all right, we're not just walk away from money. All right. So we, <laughs> my yamaka tilts and you put the yamaka back on. So I make sure that I'm able to keep, um, I want to be able to take his, um, so we, we have him assigned that to us as part of the deal. We have him assigned it with, along with the contract that claim to us where we're going to rebuild it anyways. We're going to restore it anyways. We're going to able to show contract receipts and everything for it. We give them 10% of the net profits three to nine months down the road once it's all done. Okay. So, uh, and, and remember, if the first check is off, the second check is off. So my claim adjuster is able to go back and readjust the first claim. And he's going to be able to do the second claim too. So let's recap what just happened. I love so it. I'm able to help Mr. Smith find another house. One check. I'm able to help Mr. Smith get a higher first initial insurance claim because they shorted him on what's called a supplemental claim review. Second check. I'm going to give Mr. Ch- I'm going to have Mr. Smith assign that depreciation check to me. I'm going to give him ten percent down the road. Third check, and I'm going to buy the house wholesale it, flip. It. Fourth check. All while I'm helping the client get more, deal with less hassle, make more money without any of that heartache or burn or heartburn to it. That's yes. the ultimate win-win. Four checks on one property. I think in rich area
1: money in the hood with these yeah. properties. Because I saw this, I'm like, perfect. Ooh. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that that's really leveraging, you know, one deal to the extreme. That's awesome. I love it. Oh, <laughs> well, dradle! You got to dradle the. You got to dradle the deal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, when when I first um, you know, when I saw you originally on social media and in the beginning of this conversation, I introduced you as, you know, the, uh, cold calling expert, you know, yeah. that, that's exactly how I see you when I see you on social media, cause you're consistently on it, you know, just being persistent every, mm-hmm. every night, just killing it. Yeah. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind just giving a little bit of background and detail in the, into that category, you know, what are you doing? Sure. Absolutely. Um,
2: like I said, I probably worked at, I mean, my first sales position was probably when I was five years old. Okay. My sister used to take like little rocks in front of my mom's house and my mom's dad's house. We take like these little river stone rocks, we'll go up and um, we'll take my mom's nail polish and paint, and paint the rocks with the nail polish. And my sister would have me go and knock on the doors. I mean, I'm a five year old kid, big old curls, big old eyes. And so I'm knocking on the doors like, hey, a dollar a rock. So I'm selling these rocks. And I'm, I'm learning how to sell, how to read body language, how to ask for the clothes at five. Yeah. And so I, I didn't realize uh, negotiation, the master negotiation, because my sister kept the money and paid me in candy. <laughs> right? So I had to learn how to do a little bit more bad managing the books and learn how the books work, right? Uh, yeah. so, so I realized I was good at talking with people. I was good at closing people. And every time I had so I worked at literally every call center, probably in Arizona at some point in time. I worked at all the call centers. Every place I ever go to, I'll immediately accelerate, I'll immediately become one of the all starters, sales reps there, because I, I understand human dynamics, I it was a dance, I say something, you say something, I get some feedback, I listen more than I talk, I diagnose and I solve, and so these are skill sets I started creating and evolving, but then I realized that like, you know what, yeah, I was making a couple of dollars, but I wasn't able, like I wasn't, like I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't in the mix, and so I wasn't being able to hook up with girls. So I started doing club and concert promotions. Okay. And because I wanted, so I started doing club and concert promotion because I wanted to be able to have this access and be able to be able to hook up with more girls. And so, although the, the thought process made sense, the execution wasn't that great because although yes, you were, you got the VIP stuff. It's Arizona. This ain't Chicago, and San Diego, it LA, Atlanta. It's Arizona. So because it's Arizona, it's not a major market. So I wasn't making any money. So yeah, I got to take a girl out and be able to talk to her, but I couldn't take her out to dinner. I was so broke. So I realized that I was good, but I learned human dynamics. I learned how to give people the VIP feel. 90-10, 90% you, 10% me. Being able to, what, what other relationships can I take care of your relationships so that they would say thank you to you for hooking them up the little things I learned to create that human leverage, create those human dynamics, build out what I call human equity. Then fast forward to um, around 21 years old, I started um, I started understanding uh, real estate. Every time I hear the word yes, it should be worth X amount of dollars. And I saw that real estate pays out the most out of any profession I've seen legally. All right, so once I saw that, I'm like, oh, perfect. All right, I can do real estate, Made my first check. Then I realized that I mean, I was doing door knocking, I was doing uh, in, in, in field negotiations, I started making phone calls, but then once I realized I could touch more people and bring that my old skill sets on the phone, I could touch more people, it's a numbers game. So doing that for the last probably decade plus, and probably about a year ago, one of my main acquisition managers, uh, he, I, I'm really training him so that he can start making offers, so he can free me up to start doing more commercial deals, so touch the single family side. And so, as we're calling, he's hearing me mean, negotiate. He's hearing me mean, like things I'm saying are like off the wall. It's like, how do you say these things? Like, bro, like you have a superpower. You have a gift. Like, not only is it educating, it's entertaining, and you're closing deals. It looks like it's fun. I'm like, no, oh, this is what I do. Like, I put I put some instrumentals on in the background. Make sure I do my pre-call affirmation. Get the environment right because I I understand that they're gonna sense if my energy is off. They're gonna, they're gonna they to they can hear somebody smile through the phone. You can see if they, if they are negative. You can feel it. So yep. I never want that to be filled. Yeah. So I started doing these calls, and he's like, Elijah, please let me just do one of these Facebook Live. Let me do this live so people can see like what I see. I'm telling you, you be a big following. You don't even say what you do. Like a lot of people want this. Yeah. All right, man, fine. So I finally do it. Wow, he was right. So I see people like were reaching out to me all over the country. Like, whoa, Also, on Monday and Wednesdays, at 5.30 Arizona time, I have um, on my Elijah I. Rubin, my public page, I make these live Facebook calls where I'm, I'm doing live negotiation calls. I'm calling live people, I'm getting hung up on, people cursing at me, how dare you give me these low offers? And what's resonating with people is my vulnerability yep. and the fact that I make it okay to be rejected. i put yep. my rejection, I'm blasting in front of everybody, show that I don't disintegrate, <laughs> you know, I'm still here for the next call. I'm able to shrug it off. And so now I created this group called Consistent Closing, and these are because I started seeing that people start reaching out to me not just for the real estate aspect of it, but for the pure sales ability, and okay. report building, the NLP, the, um, the 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 compliance checks, the backend tie downs, all these little things that I were doing that I just I just unconsciously just take for granted. I just do. Yeah. I started realizing that a lot of people started seeing it in different industries, so I created the Facebook group Consistent Closing. Where I'm, um, where I'm able to kind of give people community, where I'm able to pour into them, feed into them, give them tips, techniques, live calls, live recordings, let them see direct interviews I do myself. And it's really been having a
1: really good impact so far. I love it. Yeah. You know, just for me personally, uh, just my feedback on it, how, when I started like recognizing what you're doing and seeing it consistently, that that's what really stood out the most to me, the consistency and just, you know, perseverance of just constantly doing it all the time and I was like you know th- this guy's he's a he's serious he's not playing around like he, he's a hustler he's really into this real estate stuff so I started checking you out more and I was like okay so you know I definitely kudos to you for leading by example and um, you know be, being a closer because that's what it comes down to I feel like a lot of people that either struggle when it comes down to cold calling or doing door knocking, they don't acknowledge that it really comes down to, you know, you got, you got a short time, like 10 seconds or less to really entertain that other person. And it's really about entertaining to put on a show act goofy, you know, act crazy and, uh, and get their mm-hmm. attention but brighten up their day to eventually get them to open up to, to be able to know, like, and trust you, to feel that comfortability, yeah. and then so you can solve their problems. So, yeah. I, I think it, I think it's awesome.
2: Yeah, no, Brandon, I think you hit some good elements there, man. Like, because I think what happens is a lot of people like what makes what made Michael Jordan so powerful is that not, not only is he like one of the best basketball players <laughs> that ever lived, and not only he put in tremendous work time. I mean, he put in a lot of practice every when day on the court. Putting time in his mental court. Yep. So before he even got on the court, you knew if you double teaming, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ball step, I'm gonna pat I'm gonna swing to the left and then I'm cut. He had every play already thought through, so he already lived it. So by the time he's in game, the muscle memory kicks in, he knows all right, if the double team comes to this age, what I'm gonna do. If you just keep if you if you guard me straight up, this is what I'm gonna do. If you if you call me back up, I'll pull up. So he had all these different scenarios in his mind pre-thought, pre-planned, ready to execute. right when it came down to, it, yep. they would to do it, that created confidence. Well, what I feel is a big problem is a lot of people don't have confidence to yeah. go ahead and knock on the door. Be able, what am I gonna say? How am I supposed to entertain them? I'm not even entertaining. What's gonna happen? I, I'm, not, I'm not outgoing. It doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, you wanna mirror your client. You wanna be, match them. You wanna match their tonality, mirror them so if the, sometimes me talking so quickly, it, that hurts me. Sometimes yeah. I have to slow my speech down. I have to match with the same. Level <laughs> it You want to level it out, and at the end of the day, you want them to connect. And, and 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 if you're if you're willing to take the loss, I'm always willing to take the loss up front to gain the win. know yep. So it's always going to be my fault. I'm always going to let the client save face. If my phone hung up, if they hung up on me, is the one your phone? Is it my phone? I'm sorry. Let me call you right back. Um, you know, I'm sorry. You know what? You weren't running late. I was running behind. Saying that five minutes at the door—that's my fault. Um, and then I want to let them know, like, hey, you know what? And this is a good one I used to use, especially on the phone back when I started. So it's a little free tip, a little free pro tip for you this <laughs> year, right? When I used to say, especially when you're on when you're on the phone, especially if you don't know what to say at first. Similar when you when you have to, you already started some basic rapport building hey, Your name, how's it going? And like, you know what? You know what, Brandon? You know why you're gonna like me so much? Why? Well, it's easy to like people who like you first, right? Right. Well, I already like you, so that means you're gonna like me. See, I already know I like you already. So let me ask you. Now, see, you did very little talking, but you agreed with it. By you agreeing with it, yep. I already told you, it's easy to like people who like you first. Exactly. And see, I already like you, therefore you're gonna like me. So I just I'm forcing a friendship on you. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like you. I never had a choice. Yeah, I, that's good. <laughs> like little things you're able to do. Like when you get in, it's all about building the rapport. People don't care what you know until they know how much you care. That's right. right? And so if you're able to find – so I'm looking at uh, – so what I'm talking on the phone, I'm asking about the weather. I'm asking about where they're doing. I'm asking about sports. I'm finding something to build a common ground on. I need a baseline to build from. Yeah. And it, when, right when I walk in the house, I'm talking about the floor. I'm talking about the pictures. I'm talking about the car. I'm talking about the, if they have Christmas lights still out. I want something to build rapport on, it has nothing to do with my ass, it has nothing to do with my body, and I'm lurking, I'm, I'm just looking at any moment, what can I do to add value first? Can I see referral? Is your background, I got a good masseuse I want to send you to. Yeah. Let me use my massage, let, let me use my uh, mobile my mobile detail guy. let me get your car clean for you. you yeah, a babysitter, hey, well my sister had started her own 24 hour babysitting company. I'm looking for anything, I can just have a referral, a thoughtful gesture, because that's a lot of res- uh, re- reciprocity where you feel like, oh, damn, you already stopped me out. Let me, what can I do for this guy? So yeah. at least you can hear me out. At least
1: you can hear me out what I'm offering. So so let me ask you, when, when it comes down to serving that other person and helping them out one way or the other, um, are, are you, after like a lead maybe falls through or, um, or even maybe possibly works out, are you sending them anything like a gift or anything or getting them like a card, just be like, Hey, you know, a picture of you, something like that to make For sure
2: it and it's powerful because you want those referrals. And so yeah. there's a little advanced NLP technique I do on the real estate side. Um, so two parts. So first, let me answer your question. And I'll share the technique with you. Okay. Um, so what you want to do is, um, I highly recommend uh, those who don't use it get with somebody who does send out cards, send so, out cards. I mean, hands down, I mean, yes, a couple more dollars more, but I don't have time to remember everybody's name. I, I have it in my system when we close a deal, we send out a card for them because picture of the house, a picture, uh, picture of myself saying thank you, remind me you made a good decision, remind them that hey, I already converted, I paid cash for you, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. And now, what other referrals do you have for me? I'm okay. never too busy for your referrals. Is there anybody else who deserves? They have the same experience that you had with me and so those are things i'm going to be able to do i'm i'm going to touch those even ones that don't convert Even ones that don't convert, but i had good report report even they sold it to somebody else yeah as as you get outside indirectly is worth it so oh that's yeah what i'm able to do
1: yeah and so, i think that'll really stand out to certain people hit them in the heart um even if they go with somebody else they'll be like oh wow th- this guy nobody wow. else did this so they're naturally going to be you know taken back from it and then one you know, feel almost obligated to, you know, give back and help you out. Something is, and, and the way,
2: in fact, you want to do that over the course of time, yep. it's going to pay off. Yeah. Get your name yeah. out in yeah. your personal branding too. That's great. You put your personal branding, you show that, and then if they, they will share and talk about their friends and, and can I connect with some other people based off what you send them?
1: Yeah. Uh, a good Let me, thing to do. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask uh, about your lead generation, how, how you go about that. Okay. Uh, lead generation
2: there's a couple of different ways. Yeah. Um, one, I go. Um, so I have one of my guys who I go to um, um, Dominican Republic with, and so there's probably about five guys, all younger guys. We all do real estate, make six figures across the parts of the country. Okay. once a year, we build an mastermind. Well, one of the guys there is he's like a lead broker, so I get a little, I get a little heads up because he he leads to everybody in the country. So you know which ones are converting right now in real time marketing out was that working 2 years ago. So like one one good uh, one good lead source is um, um, no sales transfers. So when when someone when, when a de transfers a esc- uh, title but there's yeah. no trans, there's no sales transaction, there's no dollar amount given, you know that's a quiet inheritance property or that's a partnership dissolving or devo- a divorce decree uh, dissolving. Okay. So, there's a one way that most investors aren't used to searching for to find ways to they locate those inherited properties. What is that? Like a, it's called a no sales transfer. Okay. So when it when title transfers without any cash in consideration for it, why there's only a couple of reasons why somebody's gonna let me I'm not gonna let you give me your over encumbered properties, all right? You keep those, all right? But if you inherited a property, if you canceled a property, there's some reason why that's happening. Now, the urgencies are always the greatest because they did it, they're sophisticated enough to do it this way to keep it off the radar for a lot of people. However, I don't need all of them, I just need one yes. That's right. So, so I guess we need it that way. Then, another, and then other ways is um, on the city violation side, city violations of public notice. I have our VAs pull up the county recorder's notice and they scrub it for equity, make sure at least 50% equity. And I create my own organic list of city violation leads. Okay. So that's one way to do lead source. And then I do a lot of relationship building. I mean, I got a lot of people reach out for me from the Facebook live call, my live negotiation calls. Yeah. We just responded in other, um, just answered questions being, out, being knowledgeable online. Yeah. Then in the fire damage space, I, uh, I used to do these things called um, exclusive dinners. And what I'll do, I'll have, uh, so basically I'll have four board of company guys. I have four fencing companies, four insurance agents, four firefighters. I have different people, four at a time, come to my office, host dinner, and let them know that, hey, we're not competitors. We're comrades, eagerly servicing the same community. If they don't want your board of job, if they don't want your fencing job, if they don't want your temporary housing job, you're already talking to my client. So instead of just throwing that lead away, refer them to me or pass information along to me, and if I can convert them into, a, into an opportunity, I'll pay you a consulting for, for creating an opportunity to so where we're sharing the opportunities amongst each other. And that's how I get a lot of good fire damage leads, too.
1: I never heard that. I like that. So how how do you, how do do you you how often do you actually um, put on a dinner like that? At least once a month. We try to do at least once a month. I mean, in the last couple of months, I've,
2: I've been slacking. I can't lie. I've been slacking the last couple of months, but usually... We do like once a month. Get pay for a little cater. You know, okay. you know, it costs one hundred and fifty bucks when night. Get some decent food, so you look like you you can afford to pay a referral fee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then simply, I mean, the thing outside the box. I know we're we servicing the same community. Yes, like so, there's more than enough business for amongst all of us. Yes, you you, you, these people aren't aren't Yes, you they're in the same industry with you. But yes, we you guys, utilize each other and refer for each other in business. And if 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 the clients can't utilize any of your services, most likely they you use mine. Yeah, like you—I mean—you you take a girl out to dinner. She at least owes you at least a, 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 talk, a, a long hug at night or something. I mean, so you want you want to reciprocate it. You know, you want to be able to bless them in front, take the loss up front, take the
1: L up front to get the W on the back end. That's right. I like that. Okay. Um, now, have you ever used any like bandit signs or um, or like Facebook ads? Um, SEO, anything like that? So in the fire damage world, I could not break the SEO pay-per-click. I, I
2: had not broke it just yet. I have not broke that, cracked that code yet. It's been okay. very hard. That. Yeah. Uh, in the regular real estate space, um, we're, we're, we are doing some um, some SEOing for, for the probate world. Yeah. So my father is a probate attorney. Yep. Um, however, I mean, probably about two years ago, um, for for probably for like a solid five years, I was putting out 5,000 band signs a year. I was, I was pumping them, and so I was yeah. getting. Not playing the, games. I was, deals. Yeah, I was getting good deals out of them, but the cost of getting them created, putting them out. When I looked at the deals, I was making more revenue from my cold calling and for my personal relationships, and those okay. books are essentially for free. So now I don't do mailers. I put up very few bandit signs. It's mostly personal relationships, online um, activity, and um, cold calling.
1: Okay. Now, when it comes to putting out bandit signs in the past, how often would you do that? And um, I mean, would it go? What would it say on it? So a couple of different ones. Um, so I, I would I
2: was putting out roughly about two hundred bandit signs a week. Okay. Out, and I wasn't putting it myself. I, I leveraged my mind, not my hands. All right. <laughs> Definitely not like that. We ain't doing none of that. I'm allergic to uh, manual labor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all <laughs> um so i would um so we'll put out we pay cash like we pay so we do some of the same we pay cash houses but what i'll do is um we'll put some like we buy fire damage properties and so it, uh, it, all the writings in um black on a white background chloroplast black writing with the red house pop okay. a little bit so I, I got some really good response in there um i put some of them in spanish my uh, my operation director um is uh, fully uh, fully uh, linguistics in Spanish and English. Yeah, we put some of those out, and then I just pictured in um, areas off the freeways near Frys, near lowe's where where I want, I want contractors, I want people got in over the heads. We put them out around the op- where people did auctions. Yeah, people stuck with some properties. Um, we put them around Bill Bonds Bell Bondsman's locations. Yeah, uh, so we're real strategic where we have them at, and then we just continuously put them out there week after week after week
1: consistency i love it and and you did you know you you touched on something that uh i feel like is so so important especially when it comes down to somebody first starting off when i just even a couple just a couple years ago until i I really got into the uh full entrepreneur you know i've always been an entrepreneur i just didn't know what it was I, i didn't know what it was called and then once i i found out about mastermind groups and um and just, you know, expanding your, yourself. Um, you know, I, I just didn't know the power of building relationships, but it is so, so, so important. I would, I just want to stress it out to any, any newbies out there that are getting started, you know, like there, there's this famous saying, you know, your net worth is your, or your network is your net worth. Yeah. So it's so extremely important because whoever, you know, um, could be, you know, once they know what you do and you have that good relationship, that good rapport built with them, then, uh, you know, the leads will start coming in and you guys can serve each other and, and it's just a win-win for everybody. So I definitely want to encourage that something that you touched on. Um, let's talk about your first deal. What did that look like? Oh man.
2: First deal. Um, um, definitely, I definitely. i have first. I just want to hit one more point on that relationship, course, please. Um, because I think that's a, a very underrated commodity, especially yeah. starting out. You don't got a lot of money. Yeah, you don't even know if the shit's gonna. Uh, Part me, the stuff is gonna work. You know, say so you don't even know. You're not sure. So you're going to be more reluctant to put out a ten thousand mail Miller campaign or stop fifteen thousand on bandit signs. And so your relationship, right? What do you have right in your Rolodex? Look at the people. I mean, seven was the seven degrees of separation. Yeah. I mean, so now, now I put my up levels where my circle of of influence, the the character of people around me now, has completely changed from five years ago. Oh, like cool. my friends, I'm old homies, and stuff. I like we see each other, we talk to each other maybe once or twice a year now. Yeah. And the new circle of people are all about leveling up, and so really big piece of that is always when you're going into every relationship. Every new relationship, what's in it for them, and how can I help them meet their need? Yes. And if you operate and be willing, that's part of taking the L up front. I'm yeah. okay. When we go out to dinner, I'm 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 the check first. You guys get the next one because by me saying to get one, that's intending us having the next one together. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, at least I'm willing to cover the check, so I'm not yeah. that broke. You yeah. know, what I'm saying but being willing to do that, you're you're creating that intrinsic value. People need food, water, and compliments. Give them out give them out as much. I mean, be sincere with it. But I'm saying, give as many comments as you can. I mean, I mean, the other thing about people are so bent on tearing each other down, on giving uh, a sad face or frown like, or I mean, people, these are what most people are bent around versus, hey, I'm eager looking for what why can't I can not do to compliment you. Well, wow, that's yeah. a nice shirt, Brandon. You know, that red brings up your, your eyes, buddy. I yeah. appreciate that. He's like, oh, well, well, well thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked this up myself. <laughs> so I just, I, I highly recommend your circles that you have right now. A let people know what you want. This is what I'm looking to do. I'm, I'm looking to become a real estate investor. I'm just starting out. I want I'm, I'm eager to make phone calls, put an extra effort to get my first deal. I'm willing to give up a big piece of the pie the the really increase my my learning IQ. Yeah. And by by approaching this what I'm looking to do, what I'm able to do, I'm able to help chase down leads, I'll make phone calls, I'll drive for dollars, I'll get your lunch, I'll get your coffee, I'll wash your car. I'm going above and beyond the note. There's no ego here. That's uh, right. I'd rather have results over, I'd rather have results over rewards. That's right. No rewards without results. Yeah. So do you want to share that with them? Would you be able to them some tangible, all right, how to go with the relationships I have now, what can I do to start cultivating those right now? Once a week, take one person out to lunch,
1: one other person out to coffee. And when you stay consistent and, you know, at first you weren't actually doing the Facebook lives perhaps, but, you know, once you get out there and start showing people what you're doing and you stay consistent doing it, then everybody knows like your circle of influence, they already know what you're doing. So you constantly reaching out to them, asking how I can serve you. They're already, you know, most people don't stay consistent. Mm -hmm. So when they see that you are being consistent, they're naturally going to look up to you anyway and, and give you the respect that you deserve. So it, it, it naturally creates that relationship of a win win. Yeah. One of my good mentors, um, Eric Thomas, ET the hip hop preacher,
2: and he bakes it down. He says, people will respect you and pay you to do the things that they can't do. So, for instance, most guys can't be in in Venezuela with a bunch of dined out, beautiful, attractive women and not lust, not cheat. You know, so he can't. Not question to him said his character and his values, is way more important than the one night he could pass a pleasure. He um he wakes up at 3 a.m. for the last decade. You know what I'm saying? She's so waking up at 3 a.m. because it took him 12 years to get a four-year degree. However, he's putting that extra effort. He controls the controllable. Because he could do that, other people respect that. Like, wow, I can't even do that. Therefore, oh. I, I, I hold you to a whole level of respect. Find yep. little things you're able to do that other people won't do and watch you live life the way other people won't live.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, ET is uh, somebody that I definitely look up to. You got to hook that up one of these days. For
2: sure, man. For sure. He's the truth, man. Like I said, yeah. and you know he goes crazy too. Kind of like what you're doing too. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you put out this energy, put out, hey, I want to I want to, I want to bless out of it. I want to use my platform, that power, and give other people a chance to let, uh, bring them to the world. That's that, right. That's powerful. That's good. I mean, that, that karma, that ripple effect you're creating, Brandon. It's just good what you're doing, man. And, and the fact that you've only been at this three, four years i mean saying so you're just now getting started, you know So saying? You're just now rolling up your sleeves. So I'm very excited to see what you're going to be able to do here in the near future. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate you, brother. So, so let's talk about that first deal. Yeah, that's, oh, sorry, it. First deal, all right. Boom, first deal. All right, so first deal, now going back 13 years ago. Back back when they had trolleys. and <laughs> the dinosaurs were here. <laughs> so uh, on the first deal, I was able to, um, I remember the very first day I got paid on was I I was working at a call center and I had, um, I was working for this ex-football player. My sister, um, babysitted for him. My mom's from Trinidad. His wife was from Trinidad. I mean, he's an ex-football player now. This is like an 0304. And then in 0304, this made it where, um, Everybody out here in Arizona were making hundreds of thousands of dollars. The market was on fire, and so he would pay me a thousand dollars, and we had to wake up at five 6 o'clock. We had to go and drive all the properties, and then I'll go to school, then I'll go to work and on my lunch break. I'll go and make a bid for him, and then try to do this for like three months straight, three months straight. And so one, so after it was like three months, I finally won one, and I saw all exciting And so um, he paid me a thousand dollars. And, and at the time a thousand dollars dollars—that was a lot of money to me i'm like what i made a thousand dollars it's like two weeks in my regular call center oh snap and so i just emerged myself i'm reading books before podcasts and things like that so i'm reading articles i'm i'm, I'm getting the newspaper because i didn't know where to buy leads so i used to get the newspaper because uh, everybody paid for ads to get for some by owners yeah our articles in there and so that's why i get my leads so i'll read through the leads and see if i can get any leads going so Fast forward, I got um one of the sellers. Um, basically, probably about like maybe a month after I got my first check with them. After remember, I went four months religiously every day. If I get one check, month later, go to the house, I see this Range Rover outside, knock on the door, no answer, call him, no answer, email no answer, gives me the ex girlfriend treatment, bro. I was hurt. I said, like, "Whoa, why are you doing this to me?" Well, little love little announced to me. His wife, the older Trinidadian, didn't want, didn't like the younger Trinidadian being around anymore. So my sister got fired. So therefore, I got fired too. I'm like, why are you going to fire me? We ain't going to hook up, man. Like, come on. Why are you going to get fired, man? Um, so I, so, I, so I, got, I got the stiff arm treatment. I got the stiff arm treatment. And so you have to understand, like, I mean, I'm young. I had people tell me you can't do real estate. At the time I had grades. So, like, you're nobody's going to trust you. You're not going to buy the house. I think you're going to rob the house. What are you talking about? And so I'm like, oh, man, maybe what these people say was right. I didn't want to get out of bed. I'm all depressed. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, this is what I was going to do with my life. I'm like, this could be like, ground changing. And, and then I realized, like, why am I only one person changed the, the trajectory of my life? So I'm like, everybody down at the auction, they didn't know how green I was. All they knew that I won one time. I had the money to pay for it, and I got the property from them. So I went back down to the auction, uh, and I paid uh, – this one guy, John Ray, I took him out to lunch. He taught me how to comp a property. Okay. So, so I want to land a common property. So I start making, he's like, if you're getting deals, call me. I'm like, cool. So I make phone calls. I make phone calls, making phone calls uh, through those four or by owners. Finally, get this one, like, probably like two months later. Two months later, I get this lady, and she's in East Valley, husband passed away. She wants to sell the property, has like an age restriction in that area. So I didn't even know if I could even buy it being like not 55 years old. So I call my investor. I'm like, yeah, I think I got this deal. I think she wants to sell the property. What do you think we could do? So I hear him type it away. He's like, Yeah, this still works. Yeah, I do. How much do you want to make? So I'm about to say $1,000 because that's all I've been paid before. Yeah. But remember, I'm 50% Jewish, all right? So, <laughs> so my yama can tilt like, Don't do it, Elijah. But so I <laughs> add another zero to it. So I think $10,000. Okay. And I was just quiet because I did enough sales to know whoever talks first loses. Right. That's right.
1: I tell so many people that they don't understand it.
2: I'm glad you bring it up. <laughs> yeah, let the silence kill him. Let the silence answer him. So I was quiet. It, it was only probably like maybe a minute and a half. It felt like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's gonna hang up on me. He's like, you greedy so and so click. I thought it was gonna happen. So I was just quiet. I just was quiet. Um and then um they end up being uh I thought So he ends up saying, All right, yeah, Elijah, all right, cool. Ten thousand done. Like I'm like ten thousand done. What do I gotta do to earn? Like what do I gotta do? Do I gotta put some overalls and meet you there with a bucket of paint, or I need to rip up the carpet? What do I gotta do? He's like, no, like there's nothing. You did everything you need to do. In you have your check the title done. So fast forward, I go um two weeks later. Just like he said, he's like the check's ready. I go down pick up the check. I go and get the check, and it's, I look at the check, and like this is the first time I ever see a check of this big size with my name on it. Yeah, I dollar like, holy crap. So. I'm driving, I'm driving my white 1997 Toyota Camry. I'm driving, um, driving to the bank to cash this bad boy. Then I get to the stop site. Who do I see to my right? Sheriff Joe high on the chain game, right? And so, and so so, one guy is picking up, they picking up trash. Remember this is the summer of Arizona, so it's like 129 degrees outside. So one guy, he happened to have brakes too. Um, he's picking up, he's picking up um, trash and I lock eyes. I'm like, why am I locking eyes to this dude? This, this inmate on his side, like, what's happening? Like, turn green, turn green, way up, turn green, flip out. So he's sweating, I'm sweating, but I got the AC on me. I'm like, why am I sweating? Like, I'm tripping. So I'm driving, and within like, 30 seconds of me driving, boom, it hits me. I'm gonna go to jail. This is fraud. That was the Lord telling me that if I cash this check I'm gonna be like that guy in the chain game and I'm gonna to go to jail if I cash this check so because of the bad programming I had at that time I make a u-turn and I don't cash that check the first for 30 days I don't cash it I'm like this has to be fraud it has to be illegal I work four hours I'm a black man with no college education I work four hours I'm gonna get $10,000 Yeah, take this check. I'm like there's no way this could be real it can't happen my bad programming so 30 days later I'm like, um, hey, it's time to pay rent or be on the streets. So we got to see what's up with this check. And I thought it through. The insurance, I mean, the title company gave me this check. So and they, they have more money than I do. So they had to be caught up in the fraud too. So they have to have attorneys. They have to represent me too. That's my logic at the time, to cash the cash check, right? Okay. So I go in there. I go in there and cash the check. So I, I go in there, I take my check in there. And right when I walk in, I see that, you know, you got the security guards inside. I'm like, I was about to run out of there first, I'm like, no, relax. The insurance company, they got attorneys. I mean, the title company they have the attorneys. So, I get to tell her my check. She does one of these on me, like, this is the biggest check you ever had, huh? I'm like, yeah. So, it's like, what I'm like, I gotta go and talk to the manager. I wanna tell him, no, don't go to the manager. So, the manager, um, the manager comes back. Um, he's like, Mr. Ruben. And my heart stopped for a second. I didn't know if it was gonna go really bad or really bad or really good. And Mr. Rubin, you know you deal with fraud, right? I thought that's what he was gonna say something. Like Mr. Rubin, how would you like your money? Oh my heart, like, oh my goodness, like, I want ten stacks of dollar uh, bills. I want one thousand stacks, ten of them. I want the money envelopes. I'm gonna put the money in. So I put the money in. Boom. Take all ten money envelopes. I drop one and pick one up. I get to my car. I get in my car. I put the ten stacks in the front seat. I put I put the seatbelt over it. I put the air conditioner on it. Like I don't want it to. I want it to melt. But, and I remember Brandon turning the music up, and I start slamming my uh, driving wheel. The sense of accomplishment. The sense of freedom. The sense of that I will never have to work for somebody again. The liberation feel. I felt chains being broken off me. I, I will never have to worry about my family. Will never have to go work again. I'm gonna retire my family, my sister, my cousins. They won't have to worry about struggling ever again because I'm able to turn a conversation into a cashier's check out of thin air. If mm. I can do this once, I can do it a hundred more times. I love it. That's my
1: first deal. That's good, man. I love it. That's a powerful story. I really love that. <laughs> yeah, I almost talked myself out of cash. You know? I almost got rid of the check. thinking I was going to go to jail. <laughs> That's hilarious. So when it comes down to... You know, some learning curves. Over the past years, all these transactions that you've been a part of, I mean, what? there's got to be some learning curves somewhere in there. <laughs> lots of them, lots of them. Yeah. I, did, I, I only did a couple of years
2: of uh, actual real college, but I got I got my PhD in the School of Hard Knocks, all right? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I learned uh, so many, so many lessons. I mean, one of the first big lessons I learned is, um, especially starting out, you don't need partners. You don't need partners. Right, I thought I need a partner. I'm not the most organized person in the world, and I don't want to. I don't want to drive for dollars to hours and knock on doors by myself. So I want some friends. My grandfather gave me a good piece of uh, go advice.
1: Do you recommend though for somebody first starting out if they don't have necessarily the education? Like you went to the auction and and you got schooled a little bit by by doing the smart move by taking somebody out that was experienced um, to to lunch or coffee and uh, and picking their brain, getting them to give you a little bit of tools um, sure. to be able Those to get
2: relationships it. build knowledge partner up on deals partner up on marketing but yeah. don't have business partners don't have business partners okay you don't need business partners because my grandfather my, my jewish grandfather gave me a really good piece of advice because one of my first business partners um he like him and i were we went to elementary school together yeah a jewish guy too so him and i used to sew candy together he used to fix lead pencils so i knew he's a hustler from way back then uh-huh. However, we lost contact, and we reconnected when I got into real estate again, like 10 years later, but he was addicted to Oxycontin and Suboxone and all these pills, and I thought he was, and I thought he was rid of all this, yeah. and then I'm like, hey, take a drug test, or else we're not partners anymore, and so he's like, no, he's like, screw you, and next thing you know it, I, I come to the office, lights shut off, you sold 15000 of our bank account, you took the security deposit, like, almost crumbled almost me over that time, and my grandfather gave me a good piece of advice. Like first, or two pieces of advice, he said, one, you never blame the snake for biting you. It's your fault for petting the snake. What do you think they're just going to do? All right, so you don't want to get bit, don't be biting snakes. You hear them slither in a mile away. So that's the first part. Two, he said, if you want to have a business partner, make sure they have more knowledge, more relationships, more experience, or more money than you. If you don't, if they don't have one of those, that's just a friend. And if you want a friend, get a dog, they're more loyal and they don't talk back. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, so, smart man. <laughs> Absolutely, You put me on the great knowledge, and, and yeah, put me on it. I just didn't understand. I just thought I had to have. I always thought I need that comfort blanket. I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to question to these thoughts. Pay a mentor. Pay a mentor a flat fee, a thousand dollars a month. A mentor, you can talk to your thoughts, but you don't have to give them fifty percent of your profits. Yeah, you know, because it, that that, that definitely me back for sure.
1: So, well, so as far as uh, real estate goes, I, I know you're definitely a, a self. Um, you know, you're, you're very big into self-development and mentorship coaches. Uh, you know, who do you use for – do you have a real estate kind of mentor or coach that you look up oh, to? Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And, and that's another good part. Um, be humble. Be willing to serve. Servitude, attitude of servitude will get you very far. Yes. Be willing to serve your way. That's what thing I learned from ET. Serve your way to the top. Yes, yeah, leadership. That's good. It, certain leadership I mean Reed he gives he, I mean he, he gives out his real phone number he's like how can I serve you like, cool oh. you're a millionaire bro what are you talking about I should be asking you how can I serve you you're talking about that. and send real context, connect me immediately with people
1: well, oh, I'm, me too outrageous like top of the line like multi-millionaires that hes connected <laughs> with. Like, wow like, yeah and easily so being SO, I
2: so, because I do deal and I had an attitude of servitude and I was always eager to serve. And if I wanted to do to add value, I was, um, I, I definitely have a school of real estate and, um, investors I get mentor coaching with, I connect with, I, I run ideas, concepts over there. I do, uh, I try to make sure I had deals for them so yeah. I have an exchange for them. So it's the, I'm really big into mutualism. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to go into a relationship or a favor. With the empty red cup, like hey, can you pour my cup up? Yeah. I'm like, hey, I, I got a bag of ice. I have no cups, but I have a bag of ice, sweetie, so spice. So I'm always gonna find something to bring to the table. Okay. And because of that, they 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 know it's never just gonna be BS, or so what what does he want to take from me this time?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not a one-way relationship here, it's it's
2: two way. I like that. Yeah, and I think if you kinda of find ways, I call it evergreen knowledge. Okay. And evergreen knowledge is something I can take from me and I can pass it on to you. And you can take that information and pass it to somebody else, and somebody gets value and gives you appreciation, and thanks based off the information you shared with them, and yeah. it and it keeps happening. So that see. evergreen knowledge is what I really look for, and once I start realizing it's an impact you have in <laughs> others, I mean, it's it's one thing to have, and and this is what Et broke down, and it, it gave me chills the first time I heard it. Um, having having success. Is important for your pockets, you need success. We all need to be successful. We need to pay bills. We don't want to worry about uh, the lights getting shut off, and that's important to have. Yeah, but there's a higher level than success, and the next level of success it being significant, it being significant to people, meaning that other people suffer if you didn't exist. Mm. Gandhi, Martin Luther King, yeah. Malcolm, these people, the world would have been a worse place. People will suffer if they didn't exist. Yeah, and you think about it, they're not the richest people but however but they're rich with relationships that so if, if, if jesus if somebody like yeah, Jesus didn't have uh silk, silk shirts but if you need a shirt people take it right off the shirt right off the back and it yeah. impact and value created consistently without ever asking for anything that's right that type of wealth i want to create okay so what are, what kind of deals are you working on right now so some deals i'm working on right now um doing, like i said doing more city violations doing more land deals um Get into more land developments because I really wanted to start doing bigger six figure check deals. Okay, I'm, I'm happy for ten thousand, twenty, 000, thirty thousand dollars deals. Happy for those, but I want to do more wealth creation because after doing 750 deals, I don't want to do another 50 more deals. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather do a third of the deals and make double the money, of course. Yeah, Right, but I didn't understand, I didn't have that shift. I always thought I could work harder, just work harder, more, do more deals, and that's cool to have if you don't have anything. Yeah, I'd rather work smarter and then work harder be more efficient with okay. it. So all right. so right now I have um I have a two point three acre land development deal that's C three zoned. Two years ago I had it locked up for like seven hundred and like fifty thousand. Well calling through cash buyers, I was able to get it um, back down to around five hundred and ninety thousand. Okay. And so now I'm getting some of these so I'm just setting up. so I'm teeing up some deals and build up my relationship with builders and developers because I have the ability go and get these deals out the mud i don't need anybody else. i'll go and get it out myself and bring some value to the table mm-hmm. and i had one of them i was telling you about the guys in um in the, in the dominican republic who i do a mastermind with yes one of my guys he had one deal he did is a land development now, he's in north carolina he's in north carolina he got this deal for the lady wanted two hundred thousand. he got it for a hundred thousand. negotiated it down two two acres he sends. Um, he takes uh, about fifty thousand dollars and gets some new, um, basically engineering done, engineering, and, and, and as well as getting some architectural plans done and permits done to build sixteen units on there. And so he changes the zoning of it, gets the permits built in in four place, and um, he's just going to put he's just going to put on the market for two hundred thousand, trying to make 30, 40 grand back. Well, he's part of this group called Collective Genius, and that's where you pay like twenty five thousand dollars. A year and you go to like once a quarter and you're on but nothing about players doing nothing about six figure plus deals. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? No, no, that's for listen for two hundred thousand. Listen for four hundred thousand. So he listens it. He listens to him, listens it for three months later it gets a building to pay him three hundred and seventy-five thousand, pays off his note, clears a hundred and sixty thousand dollar check in one deal without building it, all in one deal.
1: Ooh.
2: So those deals are, and that's that's and that's very commonly being done.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's out there. Okay. Out there. You want to start getting into
2: that, that area. Okay. So those I like I'm working, on, I'm working my way to doing that and buying more buy and holds, um, just so I can build up my cash flow. Because if the rule of thumb is you want to do kind of what you're doing, you're thinking wealth creation. You're not just doing transactions. You're thinking wealth creation, and because um, the rule of thumb, you want to keep 10% of all the deals you do. Yeah. And so if I had 75 homes right now. We'll be doing this conversation on my island somewhere. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get that mailbox money. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, w- really quickly, because we are running out of time a little bit, um, sure. but but I do want to talk about when it comes down to financing some of your deals. You know, how you're just being the middleman in between, and like, how, how does how do you structure that?
2: Sure. So a couple of different ways you can do it. Um, certain deals, I'll just I'll just assign my contract. And just make cash directly from there. Okay. So about it. My rule of thumb anytime I make over $10,000, I always do a double close. Yeah. Just because I've I literally had people get up and walk out of Esco, like, see how much money you count, how much money you're making. And I, that's too much. Although their number is okay, until they saw how much you're making, then it's not okay. And so I always do a double close. And so those ones, I have private relationship. Being half Jewish, I have access to a lot of private capital. And so, um, and, I, and because I have a good track record, I'm a, I'm good money, and so I don't lose money on deals. And so a lot of times I'll pair the end buyer up with the hard money, and so I have the deal and the hard money. I let them know hey, put 30% down. What your cash on cash return will look like. So I'll pair some of the hard money for them. A lot of times I'll bring in uh, money partners to JV with me on deals. Okay. A lot of times I'll use my own cash if I have to, and other times I will do seller financing where I'll come in with 5% down, 5% interest on a five-year balloon. Five, five, and five, and and be able to pick up deals that way too. Okay, nice. So, uh, I mean, what what does the future hold for you? So the future holds for me. Um, I'm really excited. I'm working on this uh, master and close, this master closing course right now. Okay. Because I got a lot of people from my consistent closing group on Facebook Live, um, who's really liking these these the live negotiation calls I do on okay. five thirty on Mondays and Wednesdays, and so they're telling me about this. So I'm taking a lot of knowledge I, I acquired over twenty years. And i have created this um, this course where people are able to not only build rapport, build relationships, close, walk through the sequences, use some of my closing techniques, use some of my embedded commands, use some of the things I've used that made me success. That they're able to do this themselves, and take a test, and give them that information. So that's we're still still a couple months away from releasing it, but we're putting it out there. Woo!
1: That's good, man. That's exciting. You also have an ebook out as well, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So, and all your all all of Brandon's viewers here on the podcast. Um, if you guys are, yeah, that's my free gift. Um, I have it on Amazon for fifty dollars. However, if you guys go to my Facebook group, consistently closing, um, you put in the about section. You put your email in there. You get my you get my pre call affirmations. I, I do these pre calls before I get on the calls. I have my affirmations, as well as my ebook, Mastering the
1: Art of the Know, How to Navigate Through Six Six Noes Without Flinching. Oh, I love it, man. That's great. Yeah. So we'll put it in the links as well for the show notes um, just so they can get easy access to that. But, um, how can people reach out to you?
2: Sure. So by all means you guys can always reach out to me on my, um, in uh, my public page is Elijah I Ruben on Facebook, regular Facebook. Um, you go to the group consistently closing on, um, on Instagram is Ruben Elijah. And you go to email me if you guys if you guys want to reach out to me, you can email me directly. My email address, and I'll just put in the link too for him, um, is Elijah E L I J A H at Win W I I N. So that's two I's, one N. W I I N L L C dot com. Elijah at Win L L C dot com, and you can
1: email me directly. Woo! I love it. Cool. So do you have any like final words that you would um, kind of give out to any newbie out there that, that's just getting started or, you know, trying to get to that next level in real estate? For sure. For
2: sure. A really big. You get what you give. There, there's no shortcuts. You know, like I said, I mean, I wake up at 430. I mean, religiously, I'm, up at, I'm at the gym at five o'clock, 5 a.m. But I don't make it into the office until nine because I'm building it myself. I build on what I'm putting in tremendous work on my personal development. Do my do my affirmations. Do my visual my visualizations. Do my breathing. I'm building on me because I know if I pour into me now, I'm going to have so much more to pour into others. I love so, it. I really just think that yeah, you get what you give, and I'm saying, if 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 you shortchange it, it's going to show. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that self, you know, that self development and you time is so so important. And you know, from my personal experience. Anytime that you truly need something, whatever that something may be, just you know whatever you have, just go out and give it. And I'm telling you, the karma it always comes back tenfold. So it, that that mentality right there to have to give and give give then it always comes back and it does. It's something it's something serious to to recognize and, and really get out there and, and practice it. So yeah, yeah. Cool. and
2: one last thing I think one last, uh, one last thing mind what you put in your brain. Right yeah. now, I mean, what's that like in the morning? I don't, like, Why right when I wake up, I may I start rattling off of everything I could grateful, possibly to be grateful for. Mm. I mean, I'm rattling off as many things my mind can think before I even touch my phone, if I look at Facebook, if I find out who well alert just came in, I'm just thinking, I'm just make sure, because that's going to shock my attitude. And even if I even woke up negative, it's impossible to be negative being grateful for everything you've got. That's right. And then feed yourself of a mental deposit. Listen to E.T., listen to John C. Maxwell's, listen to Jim Rohn's, Les Brown's. Feed your mind, and, and don't and don't let a bunch of I mean, don't don't feed it with the the, the garbage that you hear on the radio. Don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to listen to my ratchet music from time to time too. All right, I'm not you, and I'm not great. However, make sure you spend the majority of your time, especially in the morning when you have peak state, because what we like, like what we feed ourselves, is going to show up in our life. So, guard your mind. Guard your mind is I
1: will highly recommend. That's right. Cool. Well, thank you so much. You know, I, I mean, it means the world, Elijah. Seriously, you, you taking some time out to really give back and, and help out others out there. I appreciate you.
2: I appreciate you. Thanks for the opportunity, Brandon. Anyway, I can be a blessing to you or any of your viewers. Hey, each one teach one, each one reach one. She That's got it. Elijah,
1: yeah. Hey, so how, how can we actually give back and, uh, you know, help serve you, add value to you by any means? Um, just, yeah, just let, let people know about the consistent
2: closing group. Let people know about the ebook. Let people know what the master closing course. If yes. they get skills in Arizona they need help with, make sure they reach out to me. And then um let's let's grab let's grab a drink when you're in a secret knock in March.
1: That's right. Yeah, I'm excited for it, man. It's gonna be big. Yeah, yeah. guys, seriously, if you guys are listening to this, seriously, uh, you know, from, from my personal experience of of hearing Elijah on these closings and being consistent, you know, he is a man of his word and He's got some serious sales texni- techniques that, you know, will definitely take your level uh, in business to the next. So it's something to be reckoned with and you got to check it out. But uh, we'll put uh, your information in the show notes. Guys, if you want to reach me, it's Brandon Elliott, you can reach me at BrandonElliottInvestments.com. You can email me at BrandonElliottInvestments at gmail.com. And yeah, this has been Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Till next time, guys. Thank you so much for joining. If you could leave a review, uh, a comment, click like, love it, uh, throw it, you know, share it to all your friends and family, anybody out there that is interested in real estate investing to help cut their learning curve in half, you know, get it out there, guys. I appreciate you all. Till next time. God bless.
0: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't
1: forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.